second podcast. Hello, uh, we are back here and we're excited to talk to you today about the cards or Google form that we're asking you to fill out this year to help us and you know where you want to go. Right. This is kind of a getting to know your learner part two. That's right. So as you probably know, we have sent out links to the Google form that asks you to identify your learner's needs. And this is specifically for thinking about designing the educational path for your child next academic year. Right. And that form asks, uh, I think, for two or three things. The main, the main focuses are learners' needs and classes. And we're here really to, to focus on learners' needs. I'd love to talk about another tool that we have. Um, it's a second set of cards from the learning genome. And this one highlights Gardner's multiple intelligences. I have to say, what I love about this is that it's a very low-pressure, non-performance type of task that you can do with your learner. And so what it asks you to do is, basically it has a one through five card, and then you give your learner each card, which says things like, I'm concerned about the environment. I like tongue twisters. I like movement. I know a lot about the outdoors. I notice sounds. I like maps. And I like to play with others. And so at the end of this, they will then have a set of cards under each number, ranging one through five. And then you put the cards together um, in both... I'm sorry to interrupt, but the Mm -hmm. one through five is rating how much it is like you or how much it feels right as an identification of your learner. Correct. Yes, that's an important piece to know. The like me and pretty much like me, four and five piles, come together and you see the colors, which then are broken down into categories. We have verbal linguistic learner, logical mathematical learner, visual spatial, intrapersonal, naturalistic, bodily kinesthetic, rhythmic musical learner, and interpersonal learner. And so I see these categories as a great way to get an idea, again, of of kind of where your learner may fall under those different types of intelligence. However, I also think the individual cards are a really neat snapshot of who your learner is, what they feel comfortable with, and there's just so much that you can do with that. I will also say that one of the parts I've really enjoyed the most is that it actually highlights areas that your learner might not even know they have a strength in, or even just a little bit, because remember, all cards in that area are identifiers. And so it allows me, when I've done it in the past, to say, oh, did you even know, even if they've only got two cards in that category, did you know that you have some strengths here and this is what it says? So I just find it to be a really great talking point, a great way to continue to help foster that self-confidence. And I also see it as a really great way to help identify and create the learner, the learning experience that will best fit your child. 
And one thing that is occurring to me here is that um, as a career educational nerd, I am very familiar with Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences, but that might not be true for everybody who's listening to this. So maybe it's worth it for us to talk a little bit about what that theory is and, and how it seems to be borne out in, in education and in, in other realms. So I'll give a little, I think, a little history behind it. I think it was from the late 70s that uh, neuropsychologist Howard Gardner came up with this idea that humans have, <clears throat> excuse me, humans have many different kinds of intelligence. There's I think he was really reacting to this idea that there is one number that is called intelligence quotient, Mm -hmm. and when you know your IQ, then you know how smart you are. And what was clear to Gardner and has been clear to all of us is that uh, people are smart in very, very different ways. And so somebody who is a really excellent athlete their body is smart. Mm-hmm. They are then under under Gardner's uh, definition, bodily kinesthetically more intelligent than uh, maybe musically intelligent. Mm-hmm. And so what I think it does really nicely is break out for the learner and for the educator, where is this person really strong in these intelligences? Mm-hmm. But none of the, it, there's no implication here that this is how you have to learn. Correct. Yes. And I think that's a really important thing, that it's not like, um, because I am bodily kinesthetically stronger, that if my learning doesn't incorporate some kind of physical movement, then I'm unable to do it. Right. It's just that I may be more, it's, it's easier for me to learn something that's physical than it is for somebody else. And may also be more engaging. And so they're able to make that personal connection, going back to the, the first conversation we had about this. But allowing it to, to really, um, your learner to connect with it and then actually retain it and hopefully even generalize in the world. I think we talked about this in the first episode, but there are schools that have picked up Gardner's intelligences and made them the foundation of their conversations. And what that seems to have done is given those students, especially when they've been there for a long time, a real capability to zero in on how they learn best and then allowing them to shape their lessons and their education and their studying in a way that really lets them learn things extremely well, no matter what the subject area, no matter what the thing is that they're learning, they've figured out how to leverage their strengths, which is really, really cool. And and the ability to talk about that with their educators, with their parents, with their friends, is is a really neat opportunity. And the the Learning Genome Project cards that that we read earlier is a really low-impact way to let everybody in on what they feel comfortable with. And I I think that that's like the most beautiful part about workspace, right? Is that finding a way 
to create the learning experience, exactly what you just said about the private schools being able to do this and, and adopt this um, theory, which then plays into the education they provide for their students. If you find a way that fits best for your family to leverage these cards and to create that ideal learning experience, I mean, that's just such a wonderful goal to strive for for your family and for your learner. And again, like that's the awesome part about being here, I see, um, is that you do have the power to do that. You have the support from the ed team. You have the support of the community, parent educators, outside educators, all to come together and help create that ideal path for your learner. I also want to just mention that when talking to your child about this idea of a learning experience or a class or a course, um, however you want to frame it, I think it's really important to talk about what actually motivates them. I will say I went to Spark House recently. Um, we brought a couple of our learners there and it was a really great experience and maybe I can talk more about that some other time. But one of the incredible things that I learned, the whole concept was about learning centered or learner centered, sorry. And I have to tell you, I was shocked because we were discussing what that means, what that looks like, how that plays out. And there were a good amount of learners that actually said they appreciate getting grades at the end of an assignment or whatever the learning experience was. They love getting that grade. Now, I could imagine that those students may or may not have had a positive relationship and history with receiving these grades. Um, but to them, that's how they felt accomplished. Whereas there are others that would just simply prefer feedback, right? Um, or maybe even badges, which is something really exciting that we are starting to bring into workspace this year. I'm not sure if you want to say anything about that. Um, sure. I mean, I think the in the context of motivating a learner, what... The research seems to say is that grades are generally not a great motivator. We've built this entire structure that uses them, and so we're sort of we are used to them. Right. But that doesn't mean that they actually motivate good learning. But this is what I'm saying. That's why it was so shocking right. to hear these these learners identify that that's what feels good. And I I might argue that. The, that's what they feel because that's the only thing they've ever been exposed to. That the only feedback, the only sort of summative feedback that they've ever received is a grade. So they don't really know that there are other options that might be even more motivating. Now, I certainly was motivated by grades, or I think looking back on it, I wanted to get good grades. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that was the actual motivation, I'm not sure. But I wanted to get good grades because good grades were the tool that I had to improve my chances of going to a good college. Mm -hmm. And then in college, good grades were, I, I was under the impression that they were the tool that I needed to get a good job. 
And so it wasn't necessarily that the grade was the motivation, Mm -hmm. but that I needed that good grade. I am going to stop you just for a moment because these were learners who have many different histories. Some have very little history of receiving grades. Hmm. So I hear you. And I actually very much appreciate and respect what you're saying. Um, But again, that's why it was so, so fascinating to me. Oh, maybe they liked them because they were brand new. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. I get this reward at the end. Right. Um, Or punishment. (laughs) Gosh. Let's hope not. One of the spaces that Workspace is pushing into is the relatively new world of digital badging. And digital badging is a growth out of the professional development world. This started, I believe, in a couple of industries that were looking for ways to recognize when employees had learned something new or they needed their employees to be learning certain skills and were looking for a way of marking those, uh, marking that learning over time. And that created this idea of what would it look like if we had these recognitions that were digital and then the employee could take them with them when they left because it was just a digital record of what they had learned. And very quickly, the educational world picked up on this and said, oh man, this is really interesting. Let's see how this might apply. And that has given rise to what is now called the micro-credentialing movement. And digital badges are the standard recognition of, are, the, are those credentials. And we are building out our own workspace education, digital badges. So Dr. exciting. Dr. Bozeman has really taken this and run with it. And it's, it's really exciting to see how that will will evolve here at Workspace. And we're hopeful that the, the badges themselves do serve as a motivator for students. Um, badges really are designed to recognize the demonstration of a skill. And that is where they are. So in that way, they're a little different from grades, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. tend to be an evaluation of a single performance. Yes. And the badge is a slightly larger, does slightly larger things than that. Right. I, I see a badge containing no judgment. <laughs> um, I, I see it as effort working towards something and, and finally getting to that destination and being awarded a badge, not a, well, you did this okay and you kind of remembered that knowledge but I don't know you're only going to get a C even though you did it I I see badging as as being just an a beautiful end result of something that you just accomplished and I think uh badging is a really big topic so we're Mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna definitely visit this at more length um it's really exciting and it really is a new uh, it's a very new ecosystem that's that's getting evolved while we speak and we're jumping in and very, very few other places are doing this really 
wholly. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, there are some some businesses that have done it. Can't think of any off the top of my head because I'm not prepared for this particular conversation. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ted. Thanks, Janae. <laughs> Spring a trap on me. Um, but it it really is cool and yeah. and it's really neat. And I I'm looking forward to seeing how it evolves into the college application process and all of these things and yes. portfolios and everything. It's there's a it's a wild and woolly world for us to be stepping into. Yeah, so much more to come with that. Absolutely. <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit about skills, mm-hmm. and badging is an interesting uh, transition into that. But one of the pieces of these of the Google form that we're asking you to fill out to create cards is to look at when we talk about learners' needs on that form, mm-hmm. one way to think about that is skills that you and your learner want to acquire mm-hmm. in the next year. So when we think about what kinds of skills that child might want or need, one of the ways to think about that is to look at other skill frameworks and the ones that I'm really excited about and, and would encourage you to look over, they're pretty comprehensive. They come out of a lot of research and work. Actually, maybe there are three. One is our, is our homegrown 21CI, so we'll lead off with that one. <laughs> Caroline Hunter has developed a really great program, and it's been a pleasure to work with her and Janae and Kath this year, really solidifying that and getting a lot of it down on paper in some some different formats. So we have a list of skills that we think are really vital for a 21st century learner. And if you want to look at those skills, we have them. uh, We'll we'll put them on our show notes so you you can look at those. So that just going down that list and saying, okay, where are the, the places that we want to do some work? And maybe finding some of those things that will motivate the, the learner mm-hmm. and hopefully the educator. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one good place to go for just a, just a short list of really important things to, to get under your belt. Mm-hmm. And two of the resources we really have hit hard in looking at that are outgrowths of this project called the My Ways Competency Framework. Um, the My Ways Competency Domains, and they break theirs down into four groups, Habits of Success, Creative Know-How, Content Knowledge, and Wayfinding Abilities. And that's kind of a cool way to think about how you can categorize skills. And they have subgroups for all of those, of course. And then the, the other one to look at is the Building 21 competency frameworks and these ones really go very precise if you want to get super pedagogically nerdy and go way down the road they have a lot of different groupings and rubrics for I believe grades 8 through 12 give or take Um, so if you want to know what an 8th grade analytical essay maybe should look at look like versus a 12th grade one you can go a full deep dive down there and we can post there they've made theirs 
resources totally open source and available and I love this stuff so anytime you want to talk about it come by my office that sounds like a great resource actually and and just becoming familiar with these things definitely wouldn't hurt maybe it would hurt (laughs) maybe it would hurt actually maybe yeah you can get paralyzed I, I mean that is the warning right is that it's a lot a lot to look through um and I think part of that is is you can you can get overwhelmed with that there's there's so much you feel like oh my gosh I'm never gonna do all this stuff and and that's probably true it's okay <laughs> well and I, I think that that's why I, I would always vote for the 21 CI framework which means we also need to have Caroline Hunter in here as a guest she's already been warned uh, good good we're yeah. going to do that soon. I think right, as soon as we get back, we want to drag her into the recording studio and talk with her. Excellent. So that's a wrap, folks. Well, <laughs> it's been fun. We hope you are somehow finding this helpful, and we would love to hear from you some ideas, topics, any areas of discussion that you think might be helpful or kind of fun to know more about. Maybe there's even somebody you would love to have as a special guest in here that we can try to reach out to, to have some great conversations with. We just really hope that you have found some useful information here. And as always, we are a resource for you. So please come by, Slack us, email us, call us, send a pigeon, whatever (laughs) it is that you want to do. We we are really excited to talk to you about this and, and... do whatever we can to help you and your learner develop a pathway for their education that meets their needs and your family's needs and let us help. That's what we're here for. That's right. Well, thank you so much, guys.